Okay, I'm going to get started for today. Uh, today is uh, October the 23rd, year 2022. Uh, today's topic is about the quote garden people unquote and the jungle people and the lawlessness. Uh, I was going to do a uh, I was going to do a uh, episode on these four militant black women. Uh, in the history of the United States. Uh, I call these four black women militant because uh, all these four women has uh, uh, advocated for a more uh, uh, Second Amendment approach towards the civil rights movement. And uh, the reason I want to bring it up is that, uh, uh, like I have talked in the past episodes, that. Uh, Second Amendment is there for a reason, and uh, it is very similar to the Chinese Chairman Mao's statement that the political power comes from a barrel of a gun. So, so, but uh, lucky enough, there's a news that actually fit into that. Uh, just prove my point. Basically, this. Uh, this uh, chief foreign policy officer of the European Union by the name of Joseph Borrell, he recently come out with a statement that Europe is like a garden, while the rest of the world is like a jungle. So basically, Europe is facing unprecedented migration of people, he will call them jungle people, I guess, into Europe. And uh, his idea is that it's not going to work by building a tall wall around Europe. He asked these uh, foreign uh, foreign affairs students to go out to those jungle countries, to engage with those jungle countries, to protect Europe from this uh, great migration. And uh, it is a very interesting statement, to say the least. And he got a lot of uh, criticism. And uh, Joseph Borrell came out and uh, defended his uh, position. Uh, and he, even though he made uh, some kind of a not apologetic, uh, not unapologetic apology uh, about his uh, prior statement. So, but long story short, at the same time, uh, called. Tucker Carlson also made a interesting comparison, not related to what Joseph Borrell has said, uh, which I want to talk about today. All these, uh, uh, and the third is that there is this uh, black man in Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, who rescued and saved a person's life. For that, the St. Paul Police Department, or probably Minnesota Police Department, it gave him a award. And uh, interestingly enough, this black man by the name of Alex Mingers, he criticized the police. And uh, all these come together, I want to make this uh, episode for today. So again, today's episode is about the garden people, the jungle people, and the lawlessness. So first of all, I want to talk about the news update. Uh, as I have predicted, uh, 
Joe Biden wanted to uh, provide relief to those who have a large student debt, uh, who owns a lot of money from their student loan. The problem is that uh, I have always said only the Congress has the power to provide such relief. But uh, President Biden went out anyway and started this uh, uh, student debt relief program. And sure enough, I think as of Friday, a federal appellate court has uh, blocked temporarily the student debt relief program simply because there is a ground that only Congress, not the president, can provide such relief. So this is a way worthy news I want to talk about. Uh, because uh, let's face it, uh, the laws are the political tool, uh, tools for the politicians. When Trump is in power, he will abuse laws to achieve his political agenda. And uh, so does uh, President Joe Biden. And the problem is that all these are illegal activities done by the executive branch of the government. The second piece of news is that, as you know, this lady prime minister of UK has resigned. And uh, funny enough that she had a, a pretty bitter competition with uh, this uh, uh, a, a, another candidate. Uh, I think this candidate's name is Rishi Sunak. Last name spells S-U-N-A-K. So... Anyway, long story short, that uh, uh, Liz, Liz Truss this, uh, uh, finally won the uh, prime ministership of UK. But uh, in the shortest amount of time, only 45 days, she has to resign. So these uh, uh, candidate by the name of uh, Rishi Shunak, he is throwing the towel back into the race. So... I find out to be hilarious is this. Rishi Sunak, he who, uh, has two parents from India. India, for the longest time, is a British colony. During Rishi Sunak's uh, run for the prime ministership of UK, he has been criticized by the British public for being a little bit too arrogant. And uh, but guess what? I found out to be hilarious is this. To me, the British people always come across as quite arrogant. So now you literally have this uh, Indian immigrants in UK running for the prime ministership of UK. Basically, someone from a colonized land called the British Raj is about to become the prime minister of UK. But however, of course, we cannot celebrate too prematurely because of course, I'm for one is for Rishi Sunak because he is, a, you know, he is from a country that was colonized by the UK. Now he had the chance to become a solid prime minister of UK. But we cannot celebrate too early because uh, this guy, uh, uh, Boris Johnson, is also throwing his hat back to the ring. So Boris Johnson wants to be the prime minister yet again, which is kind of interesting for 
if not for something else. For another reason is that he probably was going to try it out so Donald Trump can watch it closely, see how he can organize a comeback to be the president of the United States. So long story short, if it is a Rishi Sunak against uh, Boris Johnson, it will just be another competition between a colonizer and the colonized. And for that matter, I'm going to sit, sit back and relax and enjoy the show and see what's going to happen in Britain. So today, uh, now, so I'm going to go back to the today's topic now. Uh, I'm going to break it down by uh, one introduction, which I'm going to talk about, which I talked about in the past, about this uh, moral and the political chart of the inhabited world. And then I'm followed by what segment one, which I'm going to talk about Joseph Borrell and his theory of the jungle people and the garden people, which in my opinion is just a new metaphor of the great replacement theory. And then it's going to be followed by uh, this uh, second example I want to talk about. It's Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson compared some MSNBC's hosts to uh, basically instigator of a racial hatred. So he had uh, this uh, comparison uh, of uh, what's happening in America to what had happened in Rwanda. In Rwanda, there has been a genocide between Hutus and the Tutsis. I don't even know enough about that. And uh, but I do know there is a bad genocide in the 90s, and I have talked briefly about it because they're actually doing well these days. The two groups, two two ethnic groups, are getting well together, pretty okay. And then the let the next segment I want to do is uh, I want to talk about this Minnesota man by the name of Alex Mingus. Uh, he had a hilarious story. All this happened this week. That's why I want to stop. What I want to talk about is a four black militant women for now. I want to talk about these three particular incidents for this week. And then I'm going to conclude about this, you know, white majoritarian democracy. In other words, there is a difference between the gardener's law and the jungle people's law. When you enforce gardener's law against the jungle people, nothing good is gonna happen. Everything happened is a complete lawlessness. Okay, so with that said, I'm gonna start with the introduction. This introduction, the stuff I'm gonna say about introduction is what I said many, many times in my past episodes. It came to my attention, which I do not know until very recently, that critical race theory actually was taught back in the 1820s. So this, you can Google about it. it the name of this uh, map is called The Moral and the Political Chart of the Inhabited World. It is a actual screw teaching material for schools. And uh, it is published by my recent research, is initially published in 1821. So you count it to today, 
It's a 200-year-old critical race theory teaching material. In that map, it's clearly mapped, not the jungle people against the garden people, like Joseph Borrell said. The world is colored in that map. Europe is considered civilized. The northeast part of the United States, including Virginia, are considered to be civilized society. The rest is uh, categorized into savages being the lowest. That means Russia and Africa. Semi-civilized or half-civilized, like India, Japan, and China. Okay, so that to me is the original critical race theory, and to me, we have always led to believe. But by the way, by 1821, the U.S. Constitution is already in place. You would think that's the supreme law of the land, but to me, that's not. To me, this moral and the political chart of the inhabited world is the supreme. Law of the land. That is under that mentality. Our law were made, our law were enforced, and our law adjudicated. Okay, that is、uh, that is very important for two reasons. One is the original critical race theory. Second, to me, that's truly is the moral principle. The guiding principle of how our laws are made, how our laws are enforced, and how our laws are administered. So, what Joseph Borrell is saying is very similar, because Joseph Borrell, in defending his racist commencement speech to a bunch of foreign affairs students in Europe, he he tried to apologize by not apologizing. Basically, he's saying he is complaining about the lawlessness of the world, including what's happening in Ukraine. But the problem is this: the problem is this. We don't have to go far; just focus on Ukraine. The current situation in Ukraine is caused by the Western's decision to encourage Ukraine not to. Follow the Minsk Agreement. Any treaty is a standing law. By not following a treaty, is a breaking of a law. That's the lawlessness. But Joseph Borrell actually have a direct hand in what's happening in Europe, what's happening in Ukraine. But he would not apologize by saying it is the West mistake not to follow the Minsk. Agreement. He would not say that, because to to Joseph Borrell, it's very similar. His guiding principle is from that eighteen twenty twenty one moral and the political chart that Europeans, basically that white people, can do no wrong. They can make laws, enforce laws, and adjudicate laws against any other people. Without any consequences that they don't, when they don't follow the law themselves, so that to me is the important point I want to drive through.
because I truly believe that particular map is the teaching material of the original critical race theory. And even 200 years year afterwards, that is still the guiding principle of how our domestic laws in the United States and how international laws and orders are enforced. It's pretty pathetic. So, so with that, I'm going to go to the next uh, segment. I consider Joseph Borrell's statement is the official great replacement theory of the European Union. Again, European Union, you look at it, they're white nations just by the color. I have no problem of them being white, not whatsoever. But I do have a problem is that this so-called great replacement theory is taking roots in Europe. Europe is heading into more economic hardship moving forward. Not because of some colored people or people from the jungle, or some people from Africa or Asia that cause those hardships. European unions cause hardship for themselves. Now the economic condition will greatly enhance, greatly motivate the official, the official practice of the great replacement theory. Because uh, going back to this Joseph Borrell, who is against, he is the chief is he's the head of the European Union's Foreign Affairs Department, or whatever you want to call it. It is Borrell who rejected Putin and Russia's application to be a member of NATO, or to be a member of the European Union. In my past episode, I've said, if you look at that moral and the political chart of the world, published by an Anglo-Saxon American as a critical race theory material. Russians are not considered, Russians are not considered to be white. They're considered to be Tatars, right? So fast forward to today, by rejecting Russia and Putin to become a member of the European Union or the NATO, by the way, you, as you probably know, Russia, after the fall of the Soviet Union, have tried everything possible to please the West so for the purpose so that they can be accepted by the West. It is the West who have rejected. It is Joseph Borrell who rejected Putin and Russia as a white nation. Right? It is because they actually... Basically, it's the European Union themselves who can not get along with among themselves that cause all these hardship for the European Union. But likely, they're going to blame the jungle people, the migrants from Africa, from Middle East, for their hardship. This is a very dangerous trend. Right? So, so, so Borrell. Again, is that I have said in the past, I care greatly about world peace. I care greatly about the white people because it's a fact 
that it's the white people who started the first world war. It's also the white people whose European countries who started the second world war. Right? So you can think about, you know, I have already said, the reason the U.S. got involved with the Korea War, Korean War, and the Vietnam War is because the racial hatred against the Asians. They believe those little Asians, you just throw some big bombs, and they go scared away back to their jungle. It's the white people's decision to engage this kind of wars, military confrontation. And the Ukraine war, to me, is already the third world war. Right? So, so basically, I truly believe this Joseph Barat has a lot to apologize. And he did not, as you know. You know, I just want to explain a little more. He basically is saying, Europe is a garden. We took care of Europe. You know, by the way, you look at the, uh, the, the Europe after the Second World War, it's a total piece of trash. But he said, Europe is a garden. The other countries, the rest of the world, are jungles. He explained later by apologizing, uh, by not apologizing, that he means jung by jungle, he means lawlessness. But we have to talk about what's the lawlessness in the other countries. Does the European Union countries play the role in the lawlessness in other countries? I think it did. It, they, they did. It's the European countries who colonized Africa and the cost of lawlessness in Africa. It's the European countries who, 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 who colonized Asia. It's the, it's the UK who colonized India, right? You know, we can say, okay, those are India people in India, they're they, they are from the shithole country, right? Because basically what Joseph Borrell said about the jungle country is the same thing Donald Trump said, shithole countries. Because, you know, Donald Trump may say, oh, I use the word shithole because people like a, a country like a Haiti, like a Somalia, they just lawlessness, so many lawlessness. Who caused that? It's the European countries. It's European countries. I mean, I actually was a very, very in, uh, delighted recently is that on YouTube, there are some people who post very, very old photos and the, uh, and the movie clips of uh, white Americans and the Europe, white Europeans who traveled in the southeastern part of China. Back in the 1900s, 1920s, and it was a, the people are beautiful back then. I find out those people on the picture, they just have their own culture. They have their own society. Their, their homeland is like a garden to me with a snow covered mountain, calm lake, fertile land. You know, not all the white travelers in those territories are colonizers. Some just, you know, they, they are scientists. They explored those lands. They took great pictures with the locals. Beautiful country. The same thing can be said about Africa, about Vietnam, about Indonesia, about Malaysia. 
right? The lawlessness today that's happening in this global south is at minimum attributable to the people from the garden. So it truly is that, to me is this, to me is this, the gardeners have their own laws. As soon as they came out of their own gardens and they traveled into jungle for some purposes, religious, capitalist, whatever purposes they have, they no longer follow the gardener's law. They start murdering people. They start kidnapping people. They start raping people. In the jungle, by the way, in the jungle. These are the gardeners in the jungle. They don't follow the gardener's law. We call the America have the saying called the wild, wild west. What does that mean? It means jungle. There's no, no law to follow. You do whatever you do. That's exactly what the European did in Africa. That's exactly what European did in Asia. Is that's the original lawlessness. So now you now Joseph Borrell have the balls to come out and say, we no longer like these jungles. We no longer like these peoples from the jungles. They are, are they literally, this Joseph Borrell literally said, like what Donald Trump said, these are people are murderers, rapists. He said that. He actually is the, quote, smarter, end quote, than Donald Trump. He's telling these young foreign affairs students, the future diplomats from these white nations, that Europe cannot build a wall no matter how tall that wall is. He's saying you have to go out there and to engage with these countries for the purpose to stop this migration. So my question will be this, for these young diplomats when they go out, knowing the history, the colonial history of Euro what these gardeners have done to, to the jungles, how do they explain why the European countries would not discuss the topic of a reparation? Because after all, when there's no justice, there's no peace, right? As the hardship persists in the jungles and towards those jungles people, they have no choice but to migrate out of that territory, out of the jungle. So how do you explain that? So to me, it's extremely dangerous for this guy to actually get away from it because, because he's not a scholar. He's not a college professor. He's not Amy Wax of a UPenn law professor saying, oh, all the racism in America is just a car accident. No, this guy is a official of the European Union. He's not even elected by the people. He's just a bureaucrat. But he can literally guide how the young diplomats from European countries will conduct themselves. So to Joseph Burrell, we need to ask this question. 
Under whose law do we determine lawlessness? If you judge the jungle people using the gardener's law for what they do in the jungles, is that appropriate? I don't think the European Union has the jurisdiction over the jungle countries, and vice versa. And the fact that in the European museums, there are still displays of those、uh, artifacts of different cultural treasures. Stolen from these formerly colonized land, is that a evidence of a crime? Evidence of lawlessness? What do we do about that? So that is that is something I want to talk about today because this guy again, Joseph Borrell, he is a EU official. I have said in the past that NATO. I have come to realize NATO is the international version of the KKK, meaning it's a white militaristic organization. Period. With Joseph Borrell to dictate the foreign policy of the European Union, I don't think we're going to achieve global justice. Period. So to me, I have said United States America should. Withdraw from NATO because we are not a nation that distinguish between garden people and the jungle people. In this country, for what have happened to the indigenous indigenous people and what happened to the African Americans, I think we have a legal remedy down the road within ourselves. And America is the country who went out all the way to help the European countries to recover from the mess they made themselves. We need not to be engaged in this all-white military organization called NATO. So for that, you know, that's for the first segment I want to talk about.、Uh, feel free to call in.、Uh, if not, I'm going to go towards Tucker Carlson. My good friend Taco Carlson. So、uh, the Taco Carlson. Okay, William wants to talk. Okay, I'll talk to William and Celeste. I can take a pause because Taco Carlson. It's a slightly different but a similar topic as what this Joseph Burrell has said. Go ahead, William. Hi, Peter. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay. We also have. You got to remember the doctrine of discovery. Was signed by Pope Alexander the Sixth in the early 1400s, that gave the white Europeans full reign to pillage and plunder. The doctrine of discovery. Check that out. I was just looking it up to put a link in your chat. I'll do that. So、oh, appreciate it. Yeah.、Mm -hmm. So that、Go、comes、ahead. obviously. You, you know the the Vatican still being a, a religious power in the world was even more so then. Do you follow me?、Mm -hmm. As, yep.、Uh, yep.、Mm -hmm. The what's called、yep. ultramontanism, which is where the church really runs things. You know. Yeah. Listen. What does、uh, I? Because I, 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 I probably speeding up this too much. This a、uh, uh, critical race theory material called the moral and the political chart of the inhabited world.、Yeah. I actually want to find out more about it. I want to find out whether this.、Uh, I think、uh, there's a name of the publisher. Uh, what is the will will、uh, connection to the Christianity? 
of that map. Yeah, was well, it, that ma go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just I, I was just confirming. I'll 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 do a little research while you're talking and put what I can on the live chat. I appreciate it. This is uh, everybody recognizes the existence of this map. Uh, the Library of Congress has a copy. Uh, I think someone in Australia actually uh, still sell this map, color color version of this map. I want to get a, uh, I want to buy a map. I want to buy this map because uh, I have a map of the United States of America. I hang it on on the wall. I want to get this map too. It's called the moral and the political chart of mm. the inhabited world. Okay, I just think I want to find out whether there's any Christian teaching in that map. Because it seems to me it is. Because all this so-called civilized world just happened to be all Christian dominated well, area. I'm sorry, Katra. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, there's a theory. Um, you have the Vatican, which is a, is, a, is a sovereign state, flies its own flag in the UN Council, right? You have London mm -hmm. City, which has its own charter, you know, the financial capital of of London, London City. And you have the District of Columbia, that charter, which separates the District of Columbia from the Constitution in ways, their own separate charter. Then, and um, when was that passed? That was in the 1800s. I can't remember the year. I gotta look back at that on, on the District of Columbia. But, but these three, you know, tri C states, uh, Basically, you have the religious power of the world, the military power of the world being the United States, and the financial powers of the world coming out of London City work together. Do you see what I'm uh -huh. saying? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. You see, I don't have a again. I don't have a problem with white people. Period. Because I think they can, they should be able to get along among themselves, right? If you, if this ter this area called Europe, is the territory where two what war has occurred in the past you would think people will learn from those lessons why mess with the russians you know reject them as a nato member okay then don't do anything with ukraine you know what what what's the harm right but to me is that it seems to me the this two year 200 year old hatred towards the russians is still very alive and well. That to me is just horrible. So, so uh, how about when let uh, I'll uh, take you back if you want to go back later. Yeah, let's uh, no, hear I'll what Celes has, has. Yeah, let's talk, uh, hear what Celes has to say. Go sure. ahead, Celes. Okay. Yeah, feel free to call back, William. Sorry, I didn't want to push William out. I just. Uh, no, no, I'll get him back. It's easy. Go ahead. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go no, ahead. Uh, just two, two points. Uh, one is, is I, I agree completely with you, so it's not controversial. And yes, I, I keep having these discussions here. I'm like the, the only one actually from South America in this, usually these conversations. And it comes up as always the same discussion of me pointing out how involved Europea is the European countries are still in, in deploying not only the deploying but they yeah, I, I, I know I know <laughs> go ahead sorry go ahead. why yeah, I know. yeah I know. Always... are you okay sorry 
No, I'm okay. I'm laughing because because I actually have to say another. I actually don't know all the detail, but it's just a gut feeling that European hands are all over South America too. You know, I'm pretty sure of that. But go ahead. I was giggling. I'm uh, giggling. Sorry. Go ahead. Are you still there, Celeste? Or is it me, or is it we lost Celeste? Are you there? Okay, it, it's okay. So, so I am going to continue with the Tucker Carlson. So Tucker Carlson was upset that some of the MSNBC hosts—I uh, don't even uh, know their name—basically they talked about some critical race theory uh, items. Again, I do not know enough about it, but. Tucker Carlson got upset. So I think on one day this past week, he immediately said in 1991, somewhere around here, there's a radio broadcast in Rwanda, you know, by the Tutsis about the Hutu people. And so, uh, you know, so afterwards, uh, basically one race, one ethnic group calling the other ethnic group as a, like, a, you know, bad names, you know, thieves, Frosters, whatever, okay? Basically, he said, uh, soon afterwards, the Rwanda genocide happened. So in a typical Tucker Carlson's uh, 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 charm, he basically saying, there will be a genocide of white people in America. Okay, I love this calling programs, this. I swear to God, I don't have all the time because I actually have regular jobs. I want to do a daily show called the Untucker Show, meaning literally just debunk what Tucker Carlson just said at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. This is just another great example is that the actual perpetrator is going to accuse the victim to be the perpetrating party. The bottom line is this. Tucker Carlson is basically saying, the Rwanda genocide is caused by some kind of a radio program allowing one ethnic group to criticize another. First of all, I don't even know whether that's true or not to start with. And second is this. In this country, we have a Second Amendment. The Second Amendment at least allow a citizen like myself, like MLK, like Malcolm X, like UN everybody can own a firearm to protect ourselves. So let's take a guess. Who owns most firearm in this country, in the United States? Will that be black people? Will that be, will that be Asian people? Will that be Hispanic people? No. It's the white people. Again, I have no problem with white people owning guns. I believe anyone under the Constitution have the rights to protect themselves. So under these circumstances, how you can have a, a genocide of white people in this country? You simply can't. It's an absolutely fucking lie. You know, this guy, Carter, Carter Carlson, I know him. Yeah, I, I know my, uh, California actually passed that Manford uh, Act. Again, the, uh, a, a calling caller 
pardon me, that is a M-U-L-F-O-R-D Act. That's a state law banning the black people to have an open carry, I believe. But the white people can. <laughs> so once again, you just think about it. Okay, you, know, you can tell, I don't hate white people, period. I don't hate any people. I may disagree violently with a Celeste, with a, a black person, or Biden, whoever, or Amanda, but I don't hate anyone. But you think about, we can be self-protected ourselves by using firearms. What's the chance to have a genocide of white people in America? Zero. The matter of fact is that it's the racial minorities who probably got taken away their firearms. There is a very famous massacre, I think in Tennessee. That's one of the cases I want to talk about in this book called The Judicial White Privilege, The People's History of American Jurisprudence. I think, I think it's over 100 black men were killed. They were initially armed. It is out of a governor's election results. There's a two group of uh, militias, one, uh, one white, one black. They confront with each other. For some reason, the blacks give up their arms and they get, they get slaughtered. In this case, reach up all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. So, stop, no, so with that, I'm going to tell, teach you another word called the WND. You will think WND is called a weapon of mass destruction. No, I have used, I can use both ways. WND stands for white majoritarian democracy. I've said many times, America is not a pure democracy. It's not a multiracial democracy. It's a white majoritarian democracy. It is only in this country that we actually used a WND twice in Japan, two nuclear bombs, weapon of a mass destruction, used by white majoritarian democracy. That is genocide. Probably that's not, probably I would not say that genocide, but that's pretty bad, let me put it that way. That's still not genocide because we did not wipe out the entire Japan as a race, as ethnicity. So once again, you know, it's, just, it's a funny that Joseph Borrell and the Tucker Carlson has this shameless dishonesty to blame the jungle people, to fear the jungle people. Somehow the jungle people, like myself, is to come, to come here to commit a genocide against the white people. Why? Who take great pleasure of committing genocide? Very, you know, I don't, you know, actually, Holocaust is a Holocaust. Holocaust, I don't even consider a genocide. You know, it's true that the Hitler wants to kill Jews in, in Germany, but, but after all, some Jews came out of it, came out of Germany, came out of Europe. What happened to the Native Americans is close to be called genocide. Meaning that particular race and ethnicity used to exist in great quantity, but now they probably in near distinction. Who actually did that genocide? 
or quasi-genocide. White majoritarian democracy. Right? So that's why I want to bring this up. It's like this is so-called, again, judicial white privileges. These judges sitting on a bench with a lifetime appointment, they, are, they have the privilege, like Tucker Carlson, like Joseph Burrell. They pontificate, guided by this principle dated 200 years ago. But for what they have said, I cannot remain silent. I have to point out, say, look, your gardener's law is actually not followed in the jungle by the gardeners. The gardeners is quite lawlessness in the jungle. So you really cannot now blame the people from the jungle for being lawlessness. And for Tucker Carlson, you really cannot blame some racial minority is about to commit a genocide of white people when really, when really the, the closest genocide is the Native Americans. Because they, I don't think they actually exist anymore. I, I, I don't see them often, to put it that way. So, so, so that is the second segment. You know, I, I want to, again, you know, in this country, I have no problem with white people own, owning firearms. Well, not whatsoever. I, you know, one was because of the leading story I want to talk about is a four militant black woman is about a sign held very high by a white woman asking for banning of assault weapons. It's very easy for a white woman to say, let's ban all the firearms. Because a white woman is well protected by police. But not, not the rest of us. The rest of us probably need a firearm to protect ourselves. Because, again, I have no problem with the white people being armed. I know a lot of white people who own arms. I, like I said, I, I talked to this guy who collect firearms. He is a member of the Sons of the Confederate Soldiers. I talked to him. I also know a person who is a member of the Oath Keepers, owns multiple firearms, former Marines. It's truly in the history of this country, it's the white population is more armed, better armed, more experienced with the arms. Right? So that's something. I want to stress. So that's the second, the second segment about Tucker Carlson. I'm going to take a call from Amanda. Go ahead, Amanda. Are you here, Amanda? Just finishing a, a mouthful. Oh, no worry. I will do the same. Trust me. I love the calling. You can literally doing exercise and uh, do something else while listening. Uh, um, uh, so genocide, I don't think genocide is necessarily has to be to extinction to count as genocide. I think it just has to be targeted at a specific group, uh, race, ethnicity. So and also, there are lots and lots of Native Americans still in the United States, and their populations are growing. They're just not as 
um, visible a minority in a lot of places because of the removal from there where they had been living to other places that that we call reservations and and various other things that we've done culturally to kill all of the culture there there um, there are rather large pockets of Native Americans all across the country who are working to save their languages, save their cultures, because it's uh, quite a few nations that are, that are involved. Mm-hmm. So I, understand. I just wanted I understand. to, yeah. I just wanted to add mm-hmm. that and maybe where you are there, there aren't many, but like if you show up in Seattle, it, you feel as a white person, I felt almost like a minority there because there's a mm-hmm. huge native population. So I just wanted Good to, to know. That I appreciate it. Thank you. Good to know. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, basically, uh, my point is still is that going, uh, first of all, I don't disagree with Amanda at all here because uh, I just don't, I know that I don't know many things, right? Like uh, what Biden has a post about this uh, Mumford Act. I learned that really recently from a caller in uh, uh, Katie Halper's show. I literally go, I, oh, I was laughing my ass off because I was like, you know, my white, privilege, my judicial white privilege theory really covers and explains a lot of phenomena that have happened, right? So so going back to what Amanda just said, yeah, I don't, genocide is a very strong word. I don't want to use it so lightly. Just like slavery is a very strong word. Uh, people like Tucker Carlson, he will usually say this, what's, what's so bad about slavery in America? China has slavery too. I was like, it's different. The the American slavery is a very cleverly devised. Okay, it's in China. There's indentured labor. Always have an indentured labor, meaning that poor families they literally either sell their children or lease their children to wealthy family to do labor work. Okay, they're not slaves. They're not slaves as American defined slaves. So 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 that's one thing. Going back is that, yes, genocide is a very big word I try not to use. But both Tucker Carlson and the Joseph Borrell bring up these things called the Great Replacement Theory, right? I have, I have one episode dedicated to this, is that it can be only called a Reverse Replacement Theory, meaning that the European countries, the gardeners, already replaced the indigenous people in the jungles. The big wave of migration out of Europe has already changed the makeup of the inhabited world. How did we, how the Europeans, how the, these gardeners changed the, the, the makeup of the world? How did they do that? They are guided by a principle of a white supremacy. Evidenced by, again, going back to this moral and the political chart of the inhabited world. They replaced the original people. They replaced them with disregard of their own laws in their own home countries. That's the original lawlessness. So that's what I want to talk about. Oh, that's what I want to emphasize. Yeah, I'm going to take 
Soleil. Go ahead, Soleil. Of the app, when you were talking, when you were answering me, like, I asked where you were laughing and you were answering me and I got cut off. Oh, that's but all right. The, the first thing is I wanted to ask you is when you talk about America, you set up the country or you mean the continent? Not the continent. I always mean the country. I'm sorry. I, I know you are from South America. I need to be careful. You're right. No, I do no, not say... to... <laughs> no, no, to be clear, because to me, like the plantations that were established in, in Haiti and in Central America, they, they are very similar to the slavery to me that happened in, yes, in the US, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's that was my point. What I was wanted to say before, because it, it, we always get into this circle of discussion when I say, okay, don't let Europe go out without because it's the competition of who did the things worse, right? Like if the US, yes, or I know, or Portugal, or Portuguese, or whether it's a French or whether it's a, a yes. Dutch, you know, they all. I don't, I don't understand because, uh, as you know, uh, probably Asia has a better diversity of colonizers, right? You have a British in Hong Kong and the Malay, I guess, and the Dutch control the is the Philippines, if I'm not mistaken, or no, because it's I, where the Spaniards and then Spaniards, Okay, yeah. I think in Asia the colonizing is a little bit diversified, meaning there's a like a you know each European country has some kind of a representation, right? And of course, British took the entire India. British Raj, right? Bangladesh and all those areas. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. No, when I say America, I mean, I mean, I mean, no, United States. Yeah. Perfectly. No. And the, the thing is that the, also there in Europe, the colonizers, like the, the colonized world treated very different. Like, for instance, the, the Spaniards and the Portuguese used mainly, were mainly when they are more the Spaniards and loot and get out, right? While mm-hmm. the presence that we were taking, for instance, in South America, then by the British, right? And, yep, and yep. we were like secondly colonized in a way. And yep. the thing is that, um, like these countries, they still have an influence, even it's not as notorious as the US, but France in Haiti was is making a mess until today, right? And in the Sahel yep. also, and the British in other places so sometimes we get and the the london museum is full even of of mummies and dead bodies of people that are not returning and sometimes i think that is i i appreciate your voice too like because it's for me it's hard to explain how here it feels like europe and the u.s is it's not that different in in that regard oh yeah Uh, oh you're you're welcome i know i'm smart because you know i'm from shanghai china the smartest place and, and you know, I use my smart to tell people to uncover these are white privileges theory, yeah. how fraudulent these theories are. Okay, I don't hate them. I'm just saying their theory is just dishonest. You know, it yeah. is used to, you know, there's a good looking Tucker Carlson, the Joseph, they will come out of well dressed, you know, it's men explaining to the people in the jungle that. You are from a shithole country. We don't, you know, we don't like you, you know, it's for a reason because of your lawlessness. Yeah, well, take me to another question, right? Because to me, from outside, it seems like these people, these, these people in the U.S., they want to arm themselves not against the government for a revolution, but against everyone that's different from coming from outside. It sounds like they want to arm themselves against the, the Latinos and against the black people and against the, it's, it's them they want to arm themselves against, not the government, as they say, in case they have to have this kind of revolution. 
it's like keep them out and then it is this controversial right because as you know like in south america we are very like the the europeans and the the first ones that that were in like presidents of the country they 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 kind of managed to wipe out part of the population right that they didn't like they finished the spanish war right and it's like it's, it's this I just just to give it there is where this place where I feel we are not not considered white, but again we are not considered of color, and is this like you know I I don't I know I didn't have the privilege of none of the Europeans or the U.S. country when I was growing up at all, and at the same time uh, it's like. Yeah, I recognize if I go to a place and I and I ask for a visa to go to another country that if I I don't look I don't look white like I would look like an European, right? But I don't look as dark maybe as what the, what the prejudice would say, right? This is a an ethnic person. So, it's like sometimes it's I I just leaving you that controversy when you you say why that sometimes there's these people <laughs> that are left in the middle that are that are not that are some privilege but not like you know like they would have like a European or or someone from the U.S. have like I feel when sometimes I get this this oh but everybody's racist I say okay but I think you grew up there and went to Harvard and stuff like that and I think you are more privileged than I am for certain right. So these countries were like looted us and of the British or whatever it is, they looted us and got rich out of the out, out of our backs, right? Of making us poor. Yeah. So yeah. this is controversial so, that I want to leave out there that is that it exists. Yeah, yeah. Well, just follow up what you just said is this. Is this there's a loss in the garden called Europe. There are laws in the jungle. But the, but the practice still today is this. I'm using U.S. as example. I probably should not use the word America, especially no, where no, Salais are. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no. Just okay. you imagine this. Like I said, the problem is this. When the gardeners came out of their gardens and get into the jungle, they did not follow the gardener's law. We, the United States, have our constitution. But as soon as our military come go out of sight of the boundary of the United States, they can murder, they can rape, they can do whatever. Mm-hmm. They are not bound by the gardener's law, right? So then right. how we can blame the jungle people being lawless? Because we will not follow our own damn law as soon as we're in the jungle. Okay. No, no. So that's my... So, no, this is what I'm going to ask these smart white people say, you know, I'm not against your concern about the lawlessness. But can we say that U.S. Constitution, in my past episode, I've already said, the Constitution has been determined by the Supreme Court of the United States to follow the flag. Mm-hmm. Where, in my opinion, the flag should follow the Constitution. Because when the Constitution has followed a flag, then when this flag is, is in Vietnam, then you can kill the innocent civilians. When the Absolutely. flag is in Iraq, you can kill the damn whoever you want to kill. Mm-hmm. You can be totally lawlessness. 
This is my problem is that the gardeners did not fall easily lawless people when they're in the jungle. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Right? So, so, so that uh, is what I want to you know, illustrate what this whole absolutely. logic is. This is why, you know, I, I like that the guy, uh, again, Rishi Shunak. You know, I do not know his policy. I do not know his philosophy. I don't give a shit about it. It's a Britain, mm-hmm. it's UK, not my country, right? But I would love to see a formerly colonized person who, who is accused of being arrogant, right? The white British now is about to become the prime minister of British. I don't give a shit about who it's going to be, but I would like to see them to fight it out. Just yes. to show the colonizer is yes. no superior morally, intellectually, or legally than any other people. Absolutely. So therefore, the so-called half-civilized India in that original chart can say, oh, guess what? 200 years afterwards, this person from this half-civilized territory become the prime minister of the most civilized society. Oh, yeah, yeah. That de- but that will debunk any kind of genetic pretension they would have, like, with yeah. no like with no question whatsoever. The thing is, yeah. like, I, I would like also the population w- to acknowledge, like, they, what they are seeing in the museum. Because, you know what? I see that as very racist before, because they have, they have things for all over the world. And I've been talking to a British guy here that called that shit. Right, like if they want to mm-hmm. shoot, like, win the discussion, and to me, mm-hmm. people here are saying no because you're misinterpreting. It's like, to me, it's not. To me, having that is not because they don't want to get into reparations or in the trouble that is. That is the constant, like, affirmant, uh, like the constant affirmation of their feel of supremacy over the other. Because otherwise, why would you be exposing your children to these things that you? loot and you you took from other countries or from other populations before they were even countries. Just to tell the story of we are superior is just the only thing that makes sense to me. Those museums are full of these things and they don't want to give them back, not because they are very, not because of the tickets, it's just because to perpetrate this narrative. And to me, it's very hard for make other people see that. Yeah, yeah, it it is. It is just a space for you to let me say it. Oh, no, you're welcome. So I'm going to move on with the next segment. because uh, Absolutely. Again, oh, so this, oh, 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 this happened. Uh, go ahead, sorry. I left a link, a list there, a link there to a, a letter that the resignation of the, of the former guy in Haiti and his plane, how it was damaged by the intervention of other countries. And he stated mm-hmm. very clearly, and it's a, good, it's a good thing to read, just that. And mm-hmm. I think cool. right? I, I keep listening. Appreciate it. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, this is hilarious. This all happened this week. I don't know why, but I'm going to bring it up. This is all related. So this guy, Alex Mingus, a black man who is a certified uh, firearm trainer. So I believe he, he's a kind of a Second Amendment believer. He was driving his wife, I believe, to his wife's work, I believe. So he came across a shooting. So he noticed a van driving very erratically, and it turns out the driver is uh, shot. And apparently later on, we find out uh, there's uh, damage to this uh, driver's uh, uh, artery, so he's bleeding horribly. Long story short, this Alex Mingers uh, followed this uh, 
injured driver, and uh, finding out, and he also is trained as a paramedics for for uh, for, uh, and so he provided some medical first aid. Before while he's doing that, he tried to uh, wave to the passing police patrol cars. Not one, not two, but nine of them. Nine police patrol cars. He tried to wave them down so they can take this guy to a hospital to find out what's going on, yada, yada, yada. So none of these nice police cars stopped. So this guy, Alex Mingers, did whatever he has to do. Later on, send this guy to the hospital. And the doctor told him that, had him not to take those uh, uh, pre, uh, paramedic measures, uh, this driver uh, could have died. So, uh, you know, so the police department, the St. Paul Police Department, honored Alex Mingers by giving him a, a award. And on the award ceremony, Alex Mingers, by the way, a black man, says, I don't rock with the police. He was a hilarious, it's a comedic. Basically, uh, he has a longer uh, narrative, 20 minutes, uh, when he was interviewed by the Fox, uh, local Fox station in St. Paul, Minnesota, about what happened and all that. He talks, uh, this guy, Alex Mingus, talks a lot about the p police brutality and all that. So in this segment, I, I, I call it, the gardener's law never keeps the jungle people safe. Because this is what Alex Mingus said. Quote, police don't keep us safe. We keep us safe. End quote. So basically he's saying, don't I don't trust the police. I don't trust the police will protect us. And he, you know, Alice Mingus went a long way. You know, he basically said, when you have an opportunity, you need to stand up and say the truth. The truth is that the police don't keep us safe. I expand that to, to Joseph Borrell. The lawlessness is of this world and this, in this country called the United States is because the gardener's law is never intended to keep the jungle people safe. In fact, uh, I probably jumping ahead with my epi next episode about this uh, four militant black women. It's because uh, the, the fact that the gardener's law never is intended to keep the jungle people safe. Probably it's good for the jungle people to keep firearms to protect themselves. So this guy, Alex Mingus, is a certified, fire, certified firearm trainer. I know that. So, uh, so uh, Amanda, let me finish this and I'm gonna take your call. So to me, the lawlessness actually, as Joseph advocated, should be taught in the classroom. We should teach our kids, give them a scenario. I'll give them a scenario like this. Two houses are on fire. One is owned by a white family and the other is by a black family. The fire department has only one fire truck. Which house is to save first? What is the law and where is the lawlessness in this scenario? 
Another example. Okay, I think this can be taught. It's about lawlessness in the classroom. When they can see on the bus, I'm bringing up the Rosa Parks, uh, Rosa Parks scenario. If there's only one seat on the bus, and there's a white passenger, there's a, white, a black passenger. Assuming they come on the bus at the same time, who got the seat? What is the gardener's law in that regard? What is the jungle's law in regard to that? If 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 a cruise ship is sinking, and there's a one only one life jacket left, there's a one African, one Russian, one British, and there's a, only one of them can have the life jacket. By that, according to that moral and the political chart of the inhabited world, we will know what is the law of the gardeners. Especially, what is the law of the gardener when it apply, when it's applied to the jungle people? To me, I have I said this whole show is about the gardeners always treat the jungle people with a deliberate disregard of their own laws, but they don't because they don't treat jungle people as people. It's always us versus them. To me, a multiracial democracy is that anyone, regardless of your color, are the same. There's no such thing of this category of a civilized, half civilized, and savages and all that. We all have our own cultural background. You know, I I talk about this this a Tibetan uh, ritual of a sky burial in probably two episodes ago. You know, like I said, when I watched it initially on YouTube of this whole procedure on YouTube, I was almost vomited. It's extremely cruel to me to cut up a dead person's body like that. But it's not for me to judge the dependents. They have their culture, they have their virtue, they have their value system. So, so, so that's that. So, so that's the this segment. Let me take Amanda's call. Go ahead, Amanda. Are you still there, Amanda? There you go. If you are you on an iPhone? No, I'm on an Android phone. Android, okay. Um, because I have the clip of Mingus getting his award, but I think you have to be on an iPhone to get to the soundboard, and I can't do it from being in the car. It's okay. You guys can Google it. Alex Mingus, M I, Mary Island Nancy, United Sam. Mingus, Alex Mingus. It's hilarious because uh, uh, Jimmy Dore uh, put, uh, put, uh, put an episode on him. It's pretty hilarious because uh, I, uh, it's the truth that I usually got this uh, idea of a racial inequality from, from this guy, uh, Dave Chappelle. Because <laughs> not only he's hilarious, he's, he's to the point. You know, it's sometimes 
when you, when it comes to the racial inequality, you cannot be bitter or angry or upset about it. You just have to look at it like a, it's like a what did you say? It's a comedy. You know, you have to look at it like as if it it were a comedy. You know, but of course, I might be saying this uh, uh, with uh, some kind of a disregard of uh, how other people feels. But but uh, to me, you know, just keep it healthy. Uh, you know. Because you know you still want to have a life, right? You still want to hold a job, you know, and uh, and uh, but at the same time, you know, you have to treat these things like a comedy. So that Alex Ming Mingers <laughs> uh, presentation of the award to him, and whatever he said afterwards, it's just hilarious. So basically, he's saying, you know, you have a 19 police officers in nine squad cars pass by, who does not want to stop. To help this injured person, you know, how can you say the police is here to to serve and protect? It's not, you know. I think the police, you know, I would not, you know, for the longest time, I don't understand the so-called anti-snitch uh, uh, habit among the African Americans. I soon understand because you know nobody wants to talk to the police, even if a crime did happen. Because you don't know what the police is going to do, and, and all that. So right. So now I'm going to conclude. So to conclude, what I'm going to say is this: the European law, or, or white people's law, you want to, no matter whatever you want to call it, or the gardener's law, is made so that the gardeners are legally allowed. To take the jungle's land and enslave the jungle people, you know. Mostly, of course, we all know it's done through military means, right? You, you know, the colonialism would not exist, would not have existed if not because of the military superiority. You know, when that happened, it's a great replacement. For the gardeners, and in fact, the gardeners will be willing to make it great again, like Donald Trump is saying, because it's the gardeners who are making laws legally allow them to take the jungle's land and enslave the jungle people. On the reverse, the jungle people are not legally uh, are legally not allowed to come to the gardener's land. For some reason, because the, jung the, the gardeners consider these jungle people rapists and murderers. For that, it's not a great replacement. Who decide that, whether it's a great replacement or not? The gardeners. It's under the gardeners' law. This is the first conclusion I'll make. Second, the gardeners' law does not apply to the gardeners' when they do their gardening in the jungles. For everything that the gardeners did in the jungle, it's okay. Whether they follow the laws in the garden or whether they follow the laws in the of the jungle, that doesn't matter. It's all called wild, wild west. It's not just um, America's wild, wild west. The entire colonial land, colonized land, are wild, wild west. But lawlessness is the strategy. 
to do this kind of stuff, right? And like I said earlier, in America, it's the Constitution to follow the flag. We will do whatever with the people in the U.S. territories. Oh, by the way, the Supreme Court has another declined another case that are related to the Insulus case. In this situation, the Samoa, which again, I do not know the legal status of this Samoa island towards the United States. But I have said, uh, William, feel free to call back because I'll, I'll take you. I apologize. I, I was doing the talking. I did not notice. The Samoa, is, uh, is that a U.S. territory and all that? But the inhabitants there, I think it's got to be because of that map, that chart, that they are not born the citizens of the United States. So there is a lawsuit by the inhabitants of Samoa Island saying we should be born U.S. citizen. I guess U.S. government said, no, you are not. And they, they appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear the case. It's another insular case, insular cases, meaning that the Constitution, the supreme law of the land, follow a symbol, not the other way around. This is what I mean. The gardeners did not follow their own law when they are in the jungle. And third conclusion I want to make. It's in my opinion. I think Saleh have said it plenty earlier. The jungle people now come to the garden because the gardener's lawlessness in the jungle. I just believe all these uh, migration issues in Europe and here, you know, to me is this. If we decide to intervene with other people's, uh, other countries' politics in disregard of our own law and their law, then we should open our door for the refugees that are coming across. You know, it's like you're in a China shop. You break the Chinaware, you own that Chinaware. And the fourth and the last one, I still believe the political power of the jungle people, including in the United States, comes from the barrel of a gun. That's why I always said the Second Amendment is applicable for the jungle people here in the United States, okay, me included. Because the, the gardener's police will not protect the jungle people. Only the Second Amendment protects you. So that, in a nutshell, is what I want to say today. So I'm going to take William's call. Okay, Peter. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes, perfectly. Uh, in the live chat, let me go to live chat because I put so much in there I can't remember it all. Hold on a second. Um, the first article, well, coming from most recent back uh, links I put in, U.S. businesses that run on undocumented immigrants. Um, there's a link there. Um, and I'd like to talk about that a bit because I worked in Southern California in construction and mm -hmm. in the restaurant industry. I could tell you all about that one, if, depending how much time mm -hmm. you have. Then there's... Um, Regarding the Ukraine-Russian conflict, uh, Anthony Blinken, 1987, the book Ally versus Ally, American-European conflict over Siberian pipeline. Um, there's a link to that book. Then, uh, mm -hmm. let's see, there's um, Scott Ritter, 
former U.S. Uh, weapons inspector, U.N. weapons inspector, Marine, and evidence of U.S. sabotaging the Nord Stream pipelines, consortium news. Then experts thought history on U.S.-NATO expansion provoking Ukraine-Russian conflict. There's a whole list there, uh, including William Burns, Senator Biden, uh, Henry Kissinger. You can go back through that article. This is all about, obviously, our, you know, look, at, in my opinion, let me diverge for a second. To be an American is a fight for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, and if our government's treasonous, to expose it. And you know, with me doing that, my own way, I got arrested four times and prosecuted legally. So it happens right here in our own backyard, if you fight it, by the way. And um, then we have um, the Italian prime minister provoked Ukraine. Russian conflict, those are leaked phone calls. There's a, that's a Sergio Berlusconi. There's a link to that. That's a Jimmy, Jimmy Durr covered that, by the way. That's a Jimmy Durr covering that news. Um, then we have mass graves of American Indian children, uh, Catholic Church, U.S. government uh, orphanages. Um, there's also evidence of American Indian genocide, another link. A lot of these things, of course, I'm singing to the choir. People, you know, and calling, calling to you or probably have heard of most of this. Um, history of Catholic Church and Western European colonialism. And then, of course, we have the Doctrine of Discovery, which was uh, Pope Alexander VI giving Western European free reign to, you know, in other words, if you weren't a white European, you weren't even considered human on some level. Exactly, exactly. But because uh, I don't mean to cut short, because uh, as we know now, that the uh, the European Union is treating Russians as subhumans. Yes, they do, right? Because in other words, if in the past in the Cold War era, you're saying we're doing this because of uh, Soviet Union is a communism and all that, I understand that. I, you know, I cannot disagree with that. You know, you feel it's a threat, right? But now Russia is, Russia is not a communist society. China is, uh, you know, it's a communist political system. You can call it Vietnam is, Cambodia is, Laos is. But Russia is not. Then where you still have this hostility towards Russia, to me is this. It's very simple. You, the gardeners, fight inside your garden all the time, twice. And one of in one of those fights, Russia lost 26, 27 million people, died. Worse than Holocaust. If you're still treating Russia, not military, just mentally, culturally, diplomatically, you're treating them like this. You're treating them as a jungle. They, they, you treat their people as a jungle people. Then you're just proving my point here is that you are st still following the same moral principle that are published in this uh, moral and political chart of the inhabited world 200 years ago. That's very backward because uh, I think if you look at Asia today, I do not see any reason there will be a war among Asian countries because Asian countries are not, Asian culture is against the wars. I know in Chinese culture, you will, you will be considered a bad parent if you allow your kid to be a policeman or to be a soldier. 
that that is just in our culture. Why? Because we're not making wars. Sending your kids to be a policeman, to be a soldier, is uh, is just a bad, bad thing to do. It's not a thing that you honor that your ancestor. You know. And so, so if Asia is such a peaceful country, and I'm hoping Africa will come up with a peace and prosperity, the only hot spot is still in Europe. It's like 100 years ago, before the First World War, before the Second World War. It's one after another. For what reason? Nothing, right? So, yeah, that's... What I want to talk about again, you know, I just want to be that smart ass pointing out these white smart asses of theory, just how fraudulent, how dishonest, how racist they are. I say this kind of shit not because these people are white people, it's because they are really spreading hate among white people and among all people. Okay. They do it with all these moral superiority and all like a legal superiority. I was like, nah, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. And uh, and uh, so so so. Uh, any other questions, William, or comments? Well, no, I was just putting while you were talking. Uh, I was reminded of Claire Dane, who's a diplomat in Europe. I forget where she spoke these words. She's outing the hypocrisy of U.S. Uh, imperialism. And she's citing, of course, a lot of our interventionalism in the past. And um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's some, uh, for us to take this alleged moral high, high ground regarding the Ukraine-Russian conflict where we actually provoked it on top of it is a whole other matter. But, I mean, she's just obviously making a, some very strong points there. Um, so there's a couple links to videos of her you know, live doing that. The other thing I noticed that when uh, just overall with the app, maybe we could communicate to someone that when when things get published, I've whatever's been in the live chat often gets wiped out. I don't know if you noticed that, Peter, but I've seen that. In, in calling yourself? Yeah, actually, my yeah. bad. Uh, again, it's because I'm doing this really as a hobby because uh, I actually have, you know, do my regular job quite a bit, uh, spend a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will not, you know, I hope that's not the case uh, because I keep my notes, my talking points, you know, uh, in Google. And then, you know, I have this recording just that, that help me to keep track what I'm going to, you know, that, that what this book has to cover and all that. That's all good. But going back to what you said about is that, I kind of, in a sense that I think the Ukraine war is actually a good thing for the world for a number of reasons. Uh, because as you know, uh, the European countries, they fight among themselves much worse. And uh, there's already voices coming from France, coming from Germany. I think this is a totally waste of time in human lives. And so this guy, this is a French diplomat who recently published a book. He's on the France 24, which you find out is interesting. He is the first French diplomat who publicly admit that the old world order is over. He literally admit that we have to embrace, uh, France included, embrace the new world order. That meaning that you are going to have to respect what uh, what uh, 
Russia, China, India, African Union brought to the table. Uh, because you put, because he basically said this: if the world is a society of law, then if Putin is acting up by attacking a country, then we can go to a court to say he did something wrong, and we can have a world police to do something about it. He said, "We don't have that. We don't have that. Therefore, we can only these days rely on diplomats." To negotiate for a peace, and as we know now, Ukraine war is not heading towards peace. There's not even a single country coming out and say, "Let's talk about how to reach to peace." I say this with the strongest concern that I ever have. I truly believe the world is heading towards a、uh, uh, World War Three. I truly do feel that way. So, 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 so I think. He at least pointed out this is a French diplomat. It's it,、uh, he got a lot of views on that French、uh, diplomat's clip. But what I have said in the past also is this: in the past episodes, this EU and NATO has deliberately disparaged, belittled the authority of the United Nations. For the purpose of that, they these white nations still want to control the narratives from the beginning to the end for everything happen in this entire world, which is no longer is going to work. Let so let me repeat. United Nations was founded immediately after the Second World War, in hope that we can achieve peace by getting these nations together. In my opinion, the European nations does not have an interest in having a multiracial, multipolar world order because they do not want African nations to have an equal vote about what happened to them and what happened in the future to them. They don't. The European countries still want to dominate. Diplomatically, economically, culturally, the jungle countries. I don't think that's sustainable. Not at all. You know, again, this statement by Joseph Borrell is a direct evidence: is that that's the intention of the EU, that's the intention of the NATO. For that reason alone, like I said, if America, if the United States is a multiracial democracy. Then we must immediately withdraw our membership from NATO, and we'll give the strongest warning to the European country: You are the continent where two world wars has started. You are the direct participants of those issues. You better watch out what you're doing, because America, the United States, is not going to tolerate this kind of racist rhetorics. At Joseph Borrell and the racist practice by these European countries. So that's something I'm hoping for. So,、um, just while you were talking, Peter,、um, Jimmy George just covered.、Um, I forget the U.S. general's name. There's so much I'm trying to remember, but、um, outing how the NATO countries are 
he's literally citing the you know the rules-based international uh, order for the reason for the U.S. conflict in Ukraine, the international whatever they call it. You know, do you recall how they phrased that, Peter? Um, you mentioned it. I just had a, a senior moment. Rules-based international order, some doctrine uh, of that nature. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. I'll tell you this. I. Uh, I know like a, folks like a Scott Ritter, which I respect tremendously, okay? Mm-hmm. I think some of the folks are literally are ruling for Russia to win, right? You know, I am close to that point, but not quite there yet. But however, based on this Joseph Borrell statement, which really, I was like, aha moment. It's my aha moment. I was like, I am ready to conclude this because uh, when callers, I forgot who, uh, it's not Rudy, someone else, uh, once asked me, he, he asked me, Peter, among all these judges, what do you think about Clarence Thomas? Would you consider Clarence Thomas uh, Uncle Tom? You know, what, you know. I think we all know what Uncle Tom is, right? So, so I'm not. I'm, I told this uh, caller. I said, I have not read enough case that decided by Clarence Thomas. So, so I cannot say that. I do know Rosa Parks is against uh, Thomas Clarence uh, nomination. And know that. So that gave me some idea. However, I am ready to say this. On a global stage, on a global stage, when it comes to global justice, when it comes to world peace, Barack Obama is a Uncle Tom. I actually believe there's a reason behind it. By that I mean this. Obama, even though he claimed to be a transformational leader, he did a little transformation in domestically in the U.S. But uh, he lost, he wasted the biggest opportunity for eight years on the world stage oh. to set the record straight. Okay, I will, I'll explain to you. I think I have an explanation for that. Obama's father is from Kenya. You would think Obama will have a lot of interaction culturally with African countries. He being a constitutional professor, he would have to know this saying about whether the constitution follow the flag or the flag follow the constitution. You think he would use his position to to, 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 to persuade the NATO allies that probably some reparation is justified to these African countries. You will think, right? But he did not. Like I said, I always said, George W. Bush, no matter how we we are critical about him on many, many issues, but I know one thing he did is about the AIDS crisis in Africa. He did a lot for the AIDS crisis in Africa. If you ask what Obama did for any African countries, considering his father is from Kenya, you don't think of that that much. So, Obama is Uncle Tom because he's mostly raised by his white side of the family. He's, he has a very little interaction with his father. I believe his father went back to Kenya and is, I think drank too much and was killed in an automobile accident. So Obama is actually a perfect Uncle Tom for a racist like Joseph Burrell. America is being used by these uh, 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 white nations as a tool. 
Okay, so that I'm willing to say. On a global stage, Obama is the Uncle Tom. He missed eight years of opportunity to make this world more peaceful, more justice for the jungle people. So that I will say that. Um, so can anything I else? On that? Sure, go ahead. Um, just about to put a link in on Obama's cabinet and Wall Street and Chase Morgan. Um, I think if we look at the cabinets of the presidents, even Trump, for example, you had Steve Mnuchin, who was known as a foreclosure king, became treasury secretary. You know, uh, were we going to see any justice in the CARES Act? Impossible. All you got to do is look at these men's history, the revolving door between K Street and Washington. We know this. So what I'm, I think we, we're under a mistaken belief that any president can really do anything. It's that that's, he's a, figurehead only in my opinion he could run on a platform that's progressive but once he gets in there he's he doesn't run the government <laughs> yeah you know, it's the transnational corporations yes. that mm -hmm. it's it's the uh, inverted totalitarianism mm -hmm. that um mm -hmm. sheldon wallen described in democracy and chris hedges described mm -hmm. so so I, you know go ahead. It, it it'd be nice to think we can elect someone who can make a change. Now, what do we have? We have Biden. Then we bring that cabinet back in. It's just revolving door under Biden. So we're going to have the same thing going on over yeah, and over again. But, How do we yeah, Biden, like I always said, Biden is a closet racist. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Trump is the overt uh, ra showboat racist. Uh, you know, there's no difference as far as I'm concerned. The uh, let, uh, How about this? Well, let's take uh, here what Rudy has, has, sure. has to say. Okay, Peter, thank you. You're welcome. Rudy, I will make you the next caller. Hey, Peter, how are you doing? Good, good, Rudy. Good to hear from you. Hey. You know, props on all the shit that you're saying. It, it's true, man. There's no way to look at Obama's stuff and not look at Uncle Tom. I see Uncle Tom. The shit that he did in Africa was horrible. And then, it's like to the black people in the United States, he gave us lectures that we have to be less corrupt, that asshole. Oh, really? Okay, I do not and know then, that. Okay, yeah. sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I do not know Obama's... Uh, yep, yep, he went to Kenya. Go ahead. He went to Kenya, and then he gave us lectures about... Oh. Um, and I can't remember if that was after they put a sword up Gaddafi's ass or if that was before they put a sword up Gaddafi's ass. Uh, oh, you're right. I, I, I hear you. Okay. Uh -huh. mm, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Basically, you are saying is that he carried out this uh, uh, gardener's policy in the jungles, right? Use this Joseph Burrell's, uh, uh metaphor, basically. You know, these are the European policy towards Africa. And, uh, and Obama is the, you know, the co-conspirator yeah. of all these gardeners' policy in the jungle. George, so yeah, I I do not know enough, but all I know is that I do not hear any achievement by the Obamas in the African countries. Zero. It's a shame. Like in other words, you like in the Chinese culture, you are encouraged you know, to do things that are according to the right ancestors. Might be, you know, Obama has not done anything to honor his father's side of the ancestors. You know, in which case, maybe he has.
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Like I said, I, I mean, I, uh, I voted for him. I, I, I mean, I'm not a, I have never registered as a Democrats or Republicans. I did vote in 2008. I voted for him. I, you know, I, I, you know, I truly believe it is a, it is a monumental uh, event of, of our history. No doubt about it. Yeah. You know, UN Gaddafi both. I'm sorry. I said you and Gaddafi both. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but mm-hmm, go ahead. I got a question for you, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, right? What I see, you know, possible is a type of alliance between the Chinese and the Africans and the other people that the United States has been doing George Floyd to. Now, the. But, you know, and these guys can work together, like the Europeans and the Americans work together to, you know, um, keep everybody else down. But I know that there's all kind of, I, at least I, I hear it and I've seen videos of all kind of racist shit. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, are the Chinese trying to be part of the white people group, in which case they would... They wanna be. They wanna topple the American, but still bring them in, or are the Chinese willing to out to get rid of the whole thing? And I understand that the Chinese feel most loyalty to the Chinese, and so haven't always stepped in. Now they're showing a bit more, you know, um, sort of independent movement and stuff. And so I don't know to what extent this is sort of a move towards, you know, getting rid of the whole sort of white supremacist system or are they trying to put themselves at the head of the white supremacist system? Great question, uh, Rudy. I I do not believe the Chinese uh, government, okay, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about Chinese here in America, I'm about Chinese government. I don't think they're going to take an aggressive uh, posture of somehow uh, making an alliance with, uh, with uh, African countries or Russia to militarily uh, uh, have some of, uh, offensive actions to attack the Western interests. I don't see that happen whatsoever. And I'll tell you why. A lot of people don't know this. And this is why I sometimes chime in uh, when uh, uh, in the pro, uh, calling program, some folks uh, talk about China. Mao has this very famous saying. Okay, to translate, it's very simple. He asked the entire country is called the uh, three things to do. Deep the, uh, dig, D-I-G, dig the tunnel deeper. Store grains widely. Grains, food, okay, your, your, your basic food, widely. Never become a hegemony. That's his... Uh, instruction to the entire country back then. Meaning that he he wants the entire country to be prepared to dig the tunnel deeper for to be to get ready to be attacked by nuclear weapons by the US. Store the grains widely, meaning just keep the food supplies secure for a you know a long war with the West, because, you know, just prepare for invasion by the Americans. Never become a world hegemony. That's what he said. Now, this 
has is inherited by Deng Xiaoping, the second strongman of China. In 1972, as soon as the African countries voted to have the mainland China to be the representative in the United Nations, oh, by the way, I digress a little bit. Despite all the talks by the U.S. government about Taiwan, China, remember this: Taiwan is the sole legal representative of China until 1972. How do you kick out? A government's representative, out of the permanent representative of the Security Council of the United Nations, you physically cannot do that. Just think about it. How you tell the Taiwanese who represent China back then in 1970 to say, "Oh, by the way, for the next general session, you are not allowed to be in this building." Only United States government can achieve that. It takes a lot to do that. It's like a killing assassin a foreign leader. So it is actually the doing by the U.S. government to kick out the Taiwanese who represent China. So as soon as Deng Xiaoping stepped into United Nations, he made one of the first thing he said is his promise is that China will never become. The superpower of the world. So I believe the Chinese government and Chinese in China will always want to take a defensive posture towards the West, no matter what happened. Because uh, uh, you know, uh, so that is you know. I hope I answer your question. So that's what my take on that. Anything else? Yeah, my bad.、Uh, my app just crashed. Um, no, no, perfect, man.、Um, appreciate it. Hopefully, you know, it's gonna be. Hopefully, it's enough to get rid of this、um, supremacist system. And、um, I see Greg is wishing ill will upon the African people. Oh, Greg! <laughs> really? Oh, Greg is doing some commenting. Okay,、uh, Greg. I, I think I talked to Greg once. Feel free to 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 call in. You know, we can have a discussion. Again, I don't have any problem. You disagree with me?、Uh, Sale knows. You know, I disagree with her from time to time. No, I don't take it personally. Trust me. And I don't. I don't dislike white people either. You know, I work with white people. You know, on my in my workplace, my. I have a fourteen colleagues. It just happened. All fourteen of them are white people. Okay, it just happened.、Uh, I, you know, I, I find out to be it's strange, but it's okay. You know, I don't. They they have feelings. You know,、uh, they have a they have their aspirations. There's nothing wrong with it. But I always said, America, the United States, is a multiracial society at its birth, and the law is supposed to work with for all of us. The fact that the U, the NATO and the EU is belittling United Nation is a fact that the so-called English law is always intended to work for the Europeans. The so-called English law is never intended to work in a multiracial society or a multiracial world. However, we are today at a very inflection point that no one 
not me, not Obama, not Biden can stop this trend that Russia, India, China, African Union, uh, they all want to have an equal say in how this world is heading towards. Not by some kind of a NATO foreign head of the foreign policy uh, joke like uh, Joseph Burrell. You know, so that's what I have. Um, let me take a call from Iggy. Hi, Peter. How you Good, doing? Good, Iggy. Good to hear from you. Yeah, likewise. Um, I don't quite follow this. Um, I'm probably a bit poorly educated, but let me just say what I think you mean, right? And just where I'm wrong, you can correct me. You're basically saying that Europe as a continent, because it's essentially been a location of two previous world wars, doesn't have very good past form on keeping peace. And those world wars are partially based upon what might be called racial divisions across Europe between, for example, Germans and other European races in World War Two, as mm -hmm. a crude example, right? Yeah, yes. But also, and, and you're, you're suggesting that the form of law that's used inside the European Union across these countries is a form of English law. No, and no, no, that, no, that's... no that, that, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, what I said, when I say English law, I specifically say about talking about the, the United States imported English law common uh, law of England into America. I'm not, Europeans uh, uh, is uh, separate because I know France has a different legal system as compared to uh, the, the England and all that. So no, I, uh, English law is specifically related to America, uh, the law in the United States. The, uh, the, about the past conflict in the First World War and Second World War, I will give you an example why things are coming back, which I hate. Not because I hate white people, it's I hate the fact that the Europeans cannot resolve their conflict peacefully. Is this. You know, the Polish government has formally demanded reparation from Germany. That is a big deal. That just means that the Second World War is not over. That's a big deal. I, I'm not saying, I'm not taking sides with Germany or not. I'm just saying, can you okay. guys figure it out among yourselves? There is a question. Mm -hmm. There is an obvious question, though. It's only a big deal if Poland has a way to effectively politically or legally act to try to drag that money out of Germany. Mm -hmm. If they don't, and Germany just says no, mm -hmm. then all that becomes is essentially a theatrical political spat. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so just because any nation says to another nation, you owe me 1.6 trillion euros, right, for any reason, mm -hmm. it has to be backed up by the legal means to act the political means to act and essentially some form of um, political ability to get legitimization and backing from other nations to add to the political um, argument. If Poland can't do that, it's not getting any money from Germany. Yeah, but the problem is this, right? You, uh, you, as you know, the actual reparation paid 
is not by a European country. It's actually by Haiti to European country, to France, right? So in other words, I conclude this, just like uh, our founding father in the U.S. said, it's the Second Amendment. And Mao said, it's the political power comes the barrel of a gun. So in other words, unless Pol Polish can militarily uh, overcome Germany, this demand is just a joke. Because that's the... Yeah. That's, well, that's what the... I just said. Mm -hmm. like you're, you're saying it's a big deal. I'm saying it's not a big deal because it's only a big deal if, um, if Poland can enforce its demand. Well, Poland basically can't enforce its demand as far as I'm aware at the moment, right? So it's not a big deal. Well, it's a big deal for this, okay? Uh, you probably misunderstood what I mean by big deal. By big deal is this. Mentality-wise, the division of an ethnic division among Polish and Germans and among Balkan nations, right? There's a lot of conflict in the Balkan nations and all that. They are all still there. It troubles me a great deal. Because not because not because I hate white people. I'm just saying they need to resolve all this shit. Because America should not help Europe anymore. We lost a lot of people here to get involved with the Second World War. A lot of people during the Second World War say, it's not our damn business. Those, those Europeans, they want to kill each other. Let them do that. Now, I'm not saying we... Okay. we so, it's a big deal because uh, I would like to see the European countries to resolve their conflict peacefully, justifiably, under a legal system. Right. OK. But since the creation of the European Union, <clears throat> OK, so you've also joined this to NATO, right? So I would argue that if we just finish off this Poland and Germany thing, mm -hmm. you have to understand, and I don't think I do yet, exactly what the basis for Poland's additional reparations claim is. Right. And I don't necessarily believe that that is a purely race based argument. Right. That, uh, and also, it's interesting that the timing has come up now. Yeah, I know. Right? I, mean, I you, know. You, why, why, why didn't that come up Correct. four years ago? Mm -hmm. right? It didn't. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Why? Because the entire, it, 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 the entire European continent has put itself via the US under massive collapsing pressure Correct. due to what it's doing in, in Ukraine. Yes, right? you're right. So what you're you right. do, mm -hmm. Go ahead. If, you have a, if you have a pseudo legitimate reason to request money from the centre of Europe, mm -hmm. the, most the fourth most industrialised country in the world, to, to essentially cry, try to create some kind of income stream for your nation, you could do that as a purely political move. Mm -hmm. I'm prepared to stake that there's an argument there, that, that there's an element of that going on with Poland's current reparations, because Germany's refutation of those reparation claims now is that we, we already made reparations to you in the past, and that was that was settled, so don't reopen that wound yep. because we mm -hmm. sorted it out before, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, that's that. I mean, okay, so, so that's one thing for people to think about. I don't know what the answer is, uh, and I'm not sure, you know, if either of us do, right? But when we bring this to NATO, right, let's just consider what NATO is. If you look at the nation's setup in NATO, right, there are essentially a large enough collection of member countries in NATO to suggest that NATO is not racially unified. It contains large numbers of people who have in the past had uh, territorial disagreements across Europe, beyond Europe, 
into into other areas because it isn't just a European. I mean, Tur- Turkey is on the edge of Europe and Af- Africa and the Middle East, isn't it? It's not an entirely European nation. Um, and that has had a long history of its own form of, you know, uh, empire and its own form of um, racial conquering in the way that you could argue Germany did, right? So NATO is a, is a, is a melting pot of uh, I'll you sure which is actually no, become no, a de facto actually, no. US military <clears throat> network. No, uh, first of all, uh, you probably heard me saying that I actually believe US should withdraw from the NATO membership. The uh, Turkey to me is this, I have said earlier, Obama is the Uncle Tom of the West on the global stage. He did nothing for African countries, zero, literally zero. Okay, now Turkey, you, you can say, oh, Turkey is a Muslim country, so NATO is a diversified group. No, Turkey is the Uncle Tom any colonial system need. I will tell you this, you do, if you don't have an Uncle Tom, uh, things can get a lot harder. As you, think, you probably don't know this term. There's a difference between house slaves and the field slaves. Turkey. Yeah, I understand what Uncle Tom. Means. Okay, you you know the so so no the so and there is another country formally request war reparations, very formally government to government. That's South Korea to Japan. Okay. To me, all these is just shows. Uh, by the way, as you know, Ukraine conflict is also due to those uh, stupid territorial disputes that hang over in Europe for the longest time. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, that's, there that's is a clear published U.S. strategy, military strategy that goes back mm-hmm. to the project for the New American Century in the mid to late nineties, which clearly lays out mm-hmm. the two plus decades of US global military strategy Mm -hmm. inside that Mm -hmm. beneath that Mm -hmm. are clear strategic documents produced by people like think tanks like the Rand Corporation Brookings Institute Mm -hmm. over periods of time covering different geolocations around the world which explain and have been followed by US military political strategy oh you're correct oh you're right I'm not disagreeing with you Ukraine Mm -hmm. to say that the Ukraine Russian conflict right now is purely to do with European territorial disputes, which is accidentally or stupidly dragged in the United Na- the United States, is a complete is not borne out by any documentary fact. Oh, I agree and with it's you. Not even borne out mm-hmm. I, by mm-hmm. any of Russia's own statements. Oh, I agree with you. He, oh, actually, you correct me, and I take uh, I I stand corrected. But I did say earlier is this: the entire Ukraine conflict is rooted in the 1821, 200 years ago, 1821, critical race theory teaching material called Moral and the Political Chart of the Inhabited World. In that chart, in that map, it's a map, colored map, Russians are considered equal savages as the Africans. Ukraine war is a proxy war to prove the point that Russians are savages. I've said before, in the past, the Cold War is in the name of a fighting communism. Now, Russia is not a communist system anymore. 
the 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 Ukraine conflict proved that a lot of those Cold War stuff, including the war in Korea and war in Vietnam, it's a racial war, meaning that the U.S. get involved because they believe the opponent is of an inferior race, and they can. Yeah, easily okay, there's an el- I, I agree that there may be an element of that, but partly because well, I don't I don't necessarily agree. I mean, if I understood you correctly, you're saying about Ukraine that critical race theory pr- goes back to 1820. Yes. E- e- right. Well, just... I mean, critical race theory as as named critical race theory doesn't go back that far. No, well, the, if you're saying that there is a there is a racial basis for arguments going back to 1820, which which are made by either Ukraine or Russia, saying that somehow their nations are one of their nations is superior to the other, that's not necessarily critical race theory in and of itself, is it? It is. I'll explain to you because the, the great replacement theory is the same thing. The Great Replacement happened when the Europeans migrated into Africa, America, and Asia. That's a replacement, right? The now you the French come up with this Great Replacement theory is depicting the same thing, but at the reverse direction. The critical race theory okay, is a theory. I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so okay. this is why, you know, uh, there is a, a difference. So let me go back to the war. You, I think you're correct in correcting me that to say that the Ukraine war is out of some old territorial dispute is probably more accidental than, you know, a solid direct, a direct causal relation. I agree with you on that. What I want to say is this, is that the hostility against the Russia, especially from UK, to me is a, it's just mind blowing to me, because I remember uh, I heard that uh, the Russian on uh, Russia TV, those uh, 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 talking heads basically all they're saying is that if Russia ever need to launch a strategic nuclear strike, the first target should be London, not even America. Yeah, look, hang on, but but wait a second. I think that you're making false. Uh, distinctions between power centers of the world, right? It's pretty straightforward that that in in projecting U.S. world power, right? Mm-hmm. Europe, the European Union is a creation essentially of the U.S. The CIA was directly involved in fomenting its creation in around uh, well post Second World War. There's documentation in something like the early. T- uh, late 50s, early 60s, talking about if if we unify this landmass under political unity, then that will basically benefit the US and potentially stabilize Europe. That's my crude understanding of that. It can be checked, but I'm pretty sure that that's not unfair to say that, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. The US has always had mm-hmm. an interest in generating something like the EU, mm-hmm. right? And then inside that, you've, you know, there is an overlay of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which mm-hmm. is a U.S. military a military network. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. But also, it's not fair to say that the U.S. Um, cost itself a lot in the, in the Second World War because who 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 benefited 
from the Second World War, the US, through its reparations. Mm. So the money that it gave out through Lend-Lease mm. and all of the other things, most countries in Europe have been paying debt mm -hmm. to the, um, mm -hmm. the US mm -hmm. until the end of the 20th century. Good to know. For a war that ended in 1945, okay. uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. So you have m made a shit ton of money out of all the people you lent I hear to uh, who were fighting on the European continent. I hear you. And then other, th other, other, other issues uh -huh. around the entry point uh -huh. And the timing mm -hmm. of the U.S. entry into the war mm -hmm. is is fairly well documented because you you chose the U.S. chose to enter yes, that war. Yes, you're correct. Right? When it was mm -hmm. when when it was when it was misleading mm -hmm. its own people about whether it would. Right. There's yep. a load of other things here. Yes. That, that, that make it. I actually agree with you. Yes. I... That the U.S. got dragged into the, the U.S. It went in. It chose to go in. Right. Um, yes. And Pearl Harbor uh -huh. is still is still not entirely what is presented on the simplistic level, right? Yes. Why would you move your entire fleet into one location, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and then make it vulnerable? Mm -hmm. People will debate that forever, but that is an open question, isn't it? Yes, yes. So to to, to sum up is this? I don't believe it's... No, no. To sum up, I actually agree with you is that you as your your beliefs that you conclude that U.S. is the dark hand. Behind all this uh, world misery, I actually agree with you. Actually, do, and uh, because uh, uh, this is not the first time uh, I I heard your opinion. I actually agree with you. The uh, the uh, but however, in today, today's topic, in case you did not join earlier, is coming out of this uh, 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 garden versus jungle metaphor by. Joseph Borrell, and uh, he actually later come out and apologize, which I don't believe he actually apologized at all. He is saying the Europe is being invaded by migration migrants, uh, building a tall wall like a Donald Trump suggests that it's not going to work. He encouraged these. Uh, diplomatic colleges graduates to go out and engaged with this uh, he called it jungle jungle countries basically to try to stop the flow of migrants so this is what yeah, this particular... okay so mm -hmm. but, you, but look mm. you and I, you and I, you and i both know that whether you whether you look at any of the the eu as a as a, as a, as a single block mm -hmm. what's happened it has basically had to absorb or it's willingly absorbed refugees that its actions triggered right from Syria and other places right just on that one level. Mm -hmm. Second of all, inside the block itself, it practices constant labor competition between each member state, which basically benefits countries like um, the UK. Uh, for lowering wages and the Germany mm -hmm. for lo for lowering wages, right? Mm -hmm. Because because we're exploiting um, wage differentials and currency differentials and interest rate differentials across the entire block. Mm -hmm. But then, if you move outside the EU and you say, okay, so what's the EU doing? You know, in on the African continent. Well, look at Uganda. The EU the EU is right now trying to block Uganda from using its own national oil resources, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Under the guise of some bullshit around mm -hmm. um, possible climate change, right? Mm -hmm. Why does the EU have any right to affect Uganda's sovereign choice mm -hmm. to exercise or exploit its own, its own energy resources, even if it, that does cause pollution? Right? Exactly. You can't do that. Exactly. 
Right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. when it comes down to all of these people working in a block, what my point is this, whether it's the US, the EU as a block, sub-EU countries or whatever, all nations can be argued to have had aspects of racially motivated uh, uh, control dispute engagement, right? Mm-hmm. But when in, in modern times, okay, and this is probably why, you know, why I'm arguing with you a bit. In modern times, the these nations act as a single, uh, roughly, as a block for what is commonly called US hegemonistic power, but that is an agreed um, mutual umbrella of uh, benefit, right? And, and, and unfortunately, um, I don't think that, I mean, the UK is, is a lackey of the US, you know, it, it's, it's pursuing an objective inside Russia, which if the US changed its mind, the UK would change its mind. Yes. The UK is not determining, um, mm-hmm. The, the UK is doing what the US tells it to, right? Correct. which is always what it does. Yes. I want, That's not necessarily I, I, race-based. Correct. correct. I, I want to step back a little bit. This is why I always said, I'm doing this show, it's not about white people or, or skin color, your skin color, not whatsoever. I want to go back to what you said. I think I agree with you is this. Uh, you uh, concluded that the US is the dark hand behind all this misery, and I agree with you. And I have said in the past is this, under the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, our founding father is against any standing army in our country, in the United States. They specifically make laws that there should be no standing armies in this country. It's all militia defending the country. So you look at the U.K., you look at those NATO countries where they all have a standing foreign army called the Americans. I don't even consider them a sovereign nation. I don't even consider a sovereign nation. Race has nothing to do with it. It's a purely legal argument. When you have a standing army in your territory, they can do whatever they want to do according to their law, not your law. You are not a sovereign nation. Race has nothing to do with it. So yes, I would think EU has been uh, 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 United States bitches. I would agree. I think Scott Ritter said that too. Scott Ritter said, said that you know, how can Poland allow US to station large armies there? It will be chaos. I agree with him. A lot of Americans say, no, we don't want to send our troops to any fucking countries unless some area pose a direct threat to our homeland, right? Race has nothing to do with it. But the problem is that, you know, we are in this reality. I, I do believe the hatred towards Russia is a race thing, not a political thing. Like I said, you know, like uh, I have, I'm a big Vietnam uh, War buff. I have researched the Vietnam War for 30 years because I initially thought the Vietnam War is a tragic mistake on the part of a US government, thinking that we have to fight communism. I have concluded more recently that no, it's really because the Americans, especially the white Americans, believe those little Vietnamese, they are no more than five feet tall. Throwing a few bombs, they're gonna escape, they're gonna surrender. 
So we did every single possible shit in that country. And we did not find out until very late that this is not going to be doable. That's a race thing, not a political thing. Right, okay. But one other thing to consider is this, and it goes back to the published strategic documentation of the US mm -hmm. under the PNAC mm -hmm. group, right? Mm -hmm. And Obama said this himself. He repeated words from that, which states that under the PNAC doctrine of uh, a document called Rebuilding America's Defenses, they determined that history has shown that the United States is the exception, the world's exceptional nation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. American exceptionalism is cited multiple times in speeches by Obama saying that that is, that that is the case, right? Which makes him a neocon because that is what PNAC is, right? Yeah. And if you look at all of the um, American US policy, uh, 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 foreign policy, that stems from that, that is true, tr right? And the, uh, the, the document states that it is the Mer America's uh, foreign policy doctrine mm -hmm. to maintain its position in the, in the globe as the world's unipower, and it should do everything it can to suppress all other attempts by all other nations to become a competing superpower, including Russia and China, right? Now, you can decide that that's race-based mm -hmm. if you want, right? Because you could easily say, well, they're basically saying they're an exceptional nation better than everyone else. So is that a race-based thing? I don't know, because if you've got a mixed genome from, from having hear... European and American migration, then arguably race doesn't come into it. it Let me counter you that. Border, Let me... Yes. Entry, right? yes. Yeah. Let me counter you on that. Okay. Yes. You, I think you twice uh, probably uh, cited this a rand paper about the U.S. strategy uh, in regard. Uh, it's a, it's a, PNAC, some kind of. PNAC is not a rand document. Oh, it's a somewhat. It's a. It's a. Uh, uh, tell us. The project for the new American century is a bunch of um, you, you okay. who've okay. all made okay. doc made a government, including Richard Pearl, Paul Wolfowitz, okay. Bill Crystal, okay. uh, Bob Kagan, all of those people okay. who have all served okay. in in administrations since Reagan. Okay, so on the surface, all these documents, I'm going to use a Pentagon paper with this uh, PNAC document you're talking about. The Pentagon paper, I listened to the Pentagon papers, the audio book on YouTube. Okay, uh, there's not a single racial slur being used in the Pentagon papers. Includes like thousands of internal discussions. Okay, almost each discussion, the Pentagon, the State Department, the White House, they all come out and say there's no way we can win in Vietnam. Among all the administration, okay, we have not hear a single racial slur. But to me, is this: the key is what people say behind the closed door, off the record. I am damn sure all the white guys. These are all white guys. There's no women. There's all. There's no black. There's all white guys. Okay, they will say this. We are talking about some Chinamen, some gooks, some short little people who are as poor as the, 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 the soil they stand on. Whoever trying to back out our militaristic offense in Vietnam, you are afraid of gooks. That's 
very bad for your manhood. I'm pretty sure that's that. One reason I love to do this show, I call it judicial white privilege, the people's history of American jurisprudence, is this. Those judges and justices literally put racially derogatory terms in writing, in their decision for publication. As you can imagine, the deep state in America, the NATO, the deep state, international version of the deep state, they, they all gave out policy papers, meeting minutes. You will not hear or read a racial slur about Russians, about the Chinamen, about the gooks, about the N-word. You know why? Because that will not be politically correct. But they're there, I'm sure of it. So to say this is not racial, this is just a political miscalculation, that's actually what I read over and over again. I'll tell you this, a good example, okay? In, in 2068, about a few months after China des uh, 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 blow up the first atomic bomb, an American author wrote a book called The China Clouds, how the US government sent Chinese, 80 Chinese uh, scientists back to Red China. He called that 1968, a, 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 a tragic mistake by us, by the US. Fast forward to 2014, the author is dead. The author has a niece. He posted on Amazon.com saying this. He said, my uncle 50 years ago have said that it's the US government who racially discriminate Chinese and send these people back to China and build their rockets and, uh, and the atomic bombs. This is 2014. He said, it's a shame that even today, 1940, uh, sorry, 2014, I'm doing, we are doing the same thing. We somehow believe some people can be less American than other Americans. Now, yeah, yeah, no, let, 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 no, let me finish. Let, let me, this is not over yet. Let's not over yet. As of today, there's a reason, there's a survey among all the professors, tenure professors in U.S. colleges. 40 of them, 40% of them, 40% of these tenured college professors have said in the survey that in, they plan to return to China because they believe the conditions in America is deteriorating. The racist policy, like I said, started with this moral and political chart of the inhabited world. It is a burned not in the mind of the jungle people. It's a burned in the mind of the Europeans. And they may come out and deny it, saying it's not in the official document. It doesn't matter. My point in this show is this. It's written in the court document by the highest court, most privileged, most smartest people. They say Japanese are alien race. Puerto Ricans are alien race. 
they should submit themselves to the Anglo-Saxon laws and our morality. That's said by the judges and justices. Okay, I, 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 I agree with most of what you said, right? Um, but I, and I would also point out that if the US is a nation in where in the 1960s, not only did it murder its own president, who was essentially backing the civil rights movement, but it then went on to murder two other key civil rights black activists, and then it murdered the, 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 the brother of its former president, who again was, uh, well, to some extent, uh, espousing uh, peace um, and civil rights, then I think it's reasonable to say that there are, that there are long-standing, open, internal, racial, uh, suppressive elements inside American political leadership and probably have been there for a long time. And I would su suggest that that is reflected by the generation of a of a phrase like American exceptionalism, although the irony is that no, there is no such thing as racial purity in America. Right? Yep. But mm -hmm. the, the thing I would disagree with or I would question is if you look at legal documents and you look at what legal words like alien, okay, then you have to take into account the difference between language and legal language, right? And while while you read those documents and go, yeah, alien, right? And you read them with language, okay? You would go, well, that means that you are definitely, you're using a racist term, right? But if you read it with legal language, a lawyer would argue, no, we have to have a word that distinguishes between somebody who is a subject citizen of this nation and therefore is affected legally by certain aspects of the legal system because they belong to it on a citizen basis and somebody who is not a citizen, right, and therefore is affected by our legal system in different ways. Now, nowadays, you might have found that there are other nations who don't use the legal word alien and they use non-citizen, possibly. And some people might eventually change that term alien to non-citizen for politically correct reasons to, have, to escape um, accusations of racist language in the legal system. I don't think you're making enough... I, I don't think it's necessarily fair for you to just focus on the word alien and say that is evidence of racism in law because there's actually a, more, some more subtle questions to be asked about exactly where that language comes from, why it's used, and, and exactly what it confers throughout the legal outcome. Yeah, uh, well, I, I get what you're saying, but, uh, but like I said, I think uh, the master of English language is uh, George Collin, this uh, uh, this American comedian. Uh, I will I will leave it to him. Uh, he has a lot of uh, uh, shows talking about the English language, uh, which I find out to be fascinating also. But uh, the what I've uh, but I stand by what I have uh, concluded is that if the Ukraine war is a proxy war against Russia for pure racial hatred, and which I believe it is. Then the Americans should have nothing to do with it. It's the Europeans' problem, not our problem. And uh, and I, I I think I think you're I think the make the major mistake you're making is that you're not reflecting um, that. If it's a, if if it is a racial racially motivated war, right? The Europeans, 
the major forces inside Europe, France and Germany, both went to the table independently of the US to try to head off that, right? And they basically, because they didn't want essentially to, to, to go straight to funding a war, right? Yeah. And the US has pursued a war strategy. The evidence of the US pursuit of a war strategy is there in even 2017, Lindsey Graham is literally yep, saying, I saw that. group of yep. um, mm -hmm. fighters, mm -hmm. we're with you, we're backing you, we're going back to the US, we're gonna get funding, this is the year that we escalate military, start escalating towards military action, essentially that. Mm -hmm. right? That wasn't, US, that wasn't European people caught on camera there. It mm -hmm. wasn't European people who were caught on a phone call saying, we're going to put Yatsenyuk in, we're going to install Yatsenyuk, Yats is our guy, fuck the EU. Mm -hmm. That's the US saying that. Yes. You cannot reflect that political reality in your discourse. There's a problem with your discourse. I hear you. Basically, you, uh, you, uh, I'm, again, I'm in agreement with you that the US is the dark hand behind all, all this misery. And uh, so... so uh, and we should uh, uh, agree to disagree in other areas. So, so let's uh, do this. Let's uh, take uh, William, yeah, uh, if you don't mind. Okay, okay, cool. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. William, William, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me make William the next caller. Hey, can you hear me, Peter? Yep. You're good, good. Well, I put some links in the live chat. I'm going to push back on all this. Because we got the World Economic Forum, which has between the young global leaders and global influencers, somewhere around 5,000 members that have penetrated world governments, according to Klaus Schwab. We have the international banking system, which clearly through central bank digital currencies has got a push in 160 countries board with that system. We've got the World Health Organization, 193 countries operating in lockstep. We're run by NGOs that totally rule this world. This conversation is not taking into, I mean, we can talk about history to death, but what's happening now is what's important. And Iggy knows better. For him to, see Iggy, with all due respect, you and I have talked about this. And you and I have come in like mind about a lot of this. So I don't know why you're coming after Peter. It's not the U.S. that runs anything. That's nonsense. It's the NGOs above them. You know, is Sheldon Wallen? Is Chris Hedges? Are they all deluded? I mean, come on. Listen, you know, if we can argue, this is what they so, want us to do. They want us, those bankers. I hear you. Michael Revolution. I'm glad, I'm glad you, 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 you chime in here. I'm glad you just, first of all, mm -hmm. Yes, I'm glad you chimed in because uh, uh, I I cannot disagree with you at all, you know, uh, uh, because uh, it's the same, the fingers can be pointed to the Europe side too. Uh, you know, I my bottom line is this, the United States should withdraw from NATO. I just tell them that, it's, that we're going to withdraw the standing army from your country. You will become entirely sovereign. Being UK being sovereign, France being sovereign, Germany being sovereign, we were not going to have our troops there. We save a lot of money. Our troops can be good teachers to our kids here in the inner cities and, and other, other places. You know, but like you said, Williams, probably also because this is a global uh, globalist. You call it a globalist, right? That 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 is doing this uh, white papers or whatever that they laid out their vision. And they somehow 
U.S. into this, you know, and uh, that is a possibility too. And uh, I cannot agree, well, disagree with you on that. Let, let me add a little bit of con- uh, well corroborating evidence to that. You have the Giants, a book by uh, Peter Phillips, Sonoma State professor, mm-hmm. 2018. He covers the links between the central banks on down mm-hmm. through the government, mm-hmm. all the different – that's great. He also does a YouTube video on mm-hmm. that. Then you have um, the Committee of 300, Professor John Coleman, who's – I mean, ugh, I, see, what disturbs me is they want – they, those in charge, call it Mr. Global. That's what Peter Phillips calls it, for example, as, a, as just a name, something, some way to identify these organizations. They want us fighting against each other politically to divide. You know that old meme you may have seen or the theory, you know, you got the, the rulers on top of the castle and they're looking down at the masses. They say, well, all we got to do is convince the ones with the pitchforks that the ones with the lanterns are their enemies and vice versa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. This, mm-hmm. yep. This is, this is a Hegelian dialect. This mm-hmm. is the three-dimensional chess they're playing on us. They're playing us. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're, you're saying Europeans maybe he, he could be the dark hand behind all this also, which you know I cannot disagree. Like I said earlier to Iki, is that but uh, but because uh, we are taking long uh, today, I appreciate everybody's uh, uh, listening. I totally okay. appreciate this, right? But I want to just add one more thing, Williams. This is that I want to uh, just remind everybody, I did not do anything to make this guy Joseph Burrell an official EU authority to say this garden jungle comparison. You know, these words using garden to describe Europe and jungle to describe the rest of the world, especially the countries where those migrants are coming from, is a clever English word of racial slurs. He could have just go full-blown like Donald Trump. It is a garden and the shitholes. He could use specific racial slurs. He did not do that. And he's an official of the EU. So we cannot defend. There's no defense say the EU policy towards the global south is not of a racist one. The EU's policy towards Russia is not of a racist one itself. This is not said by Donald Trump. Or Joseph Biden is said by Joseph Burrell. So I want to just remind everybody is that is that you can all you can have all the plausible deniability out there, legally speaking. But the bottom line is this: this is a official, diplomatic official, teaching the young graduates of a European diplomat school, saying this is what you are set out to do. Take that to heart, right? So again, thank you, everyone, for participating, and uh, I will see you uh, next Sunday. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Bye now.